Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay Andre. The dog days of August are here. The sports world is starting to turn around. Preseason football has actually begun. There's a Hall of Fame game taking place at the moment. Uh, but you're here with us, so we appreciate that. You are indeed listening to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you, live on Thursday night, August the 3rd, 2023. I'm Dre. He's Jay. It is our Hall of Infamy induction evening but football is being played, but this is not the football Hall of Infamy show. We're slightly behind on our scheduling. Tonight is the baseball Hall of Infamy induction show. Football will be done by Jay uh, at a later date. Uh, but me, I have been uh, busy with some other things and finally made the time to make it for the baseball Hall of Infamy class of 2023. So we're a little late. They, they fooled me a little bit. They did the baseball, the real Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, earlier than they normally do. They did that like what, last weekend or something like that. Uh, they did it in July. Yeah, it, they it's, usually... it's been a week or two already, it feels like. And it was such a, I mean, the class was pretty sad. I mean, It really was. I mean, no, no offense to Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff, but come on. Right. No, it was, it was not the Hall of Fame that got results. It was not. Uh, Well, it may have gotten some results, but uh, it wasn't very uh, exciting. It wasn't the results anyone was was expecting or looking for. It's not what you think of when you think of the Hall of Fame. It's like, that's the Hall hall of, eh? You know, uh, know, I guess I, I, I guess I would say Fred McGriff, okay. I, I mean, he was an accumulator. That's great. Scott Rowland? No. <laughs> uh, great defender. Never once, um, never once did I watch <laughs> Scott Rowland and think, man, I'm watching a Hall of Famer. <laughs> right. Uh, say, say, uh, such is life, such is the real Hall of Fame, and, and we malign it and talk about it all the time. But, hey, that's right. part of the inspiration of why we have our I was about to say, Hall without, of Infamy. Without that, there would, wouldn't be this. Exactly. We want to put forth the uh, people that really need to be recognized, that really deserve to. There's no 75%. There's no, well, 10 years, 15 years of, eh, they weren't quite good enough. But yeah, now we'll go ahead and let them in. Uh, it's true that some you know, people have to wait to get in, but that's just because we limit our uh, selections to five per year. Uh, but it's not because they don't deserve it. Everybody will get their shine in due time. Uh, but this year's class of 2023 for the Baseball Hall of Infamy uh, is ready and, and set to be inducted. I um, think it'll be entertaining, Jay. There's, uh, there's some personal connection in there for us. Uh, there's some, some AV elements, as we are wont to do. So uh, I, I think I got a pretty good class. 
this year. Um, and I, I, unless you have anything else, I think I'm ready to get started. No, I've got my drink here. Um, I'm 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 taking the back seat tonight. You're you're doing the driving, so I just get to to sit in the back and 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 snipe and comment and, and listen to what you're saying and laugh and cry and maybe both at the same time and <laughs> you know people people who haven't listened to our show we, this is a football themed show but you know before there was football for us long before there was football for us there was always baseball baseball Ray um, <laughs> it was always baseball. Uh, it would always be there for you. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's our sort of first love. I mean, football was there as uh, as we were children as well, but baseball yeah. was was first for sure. We we certainly uh, were getting drunk on eighty four Cubs and eighty three White Sox uh, long before the <laughs> yeah. uh, before the eighty six Bears came along. So right. Uh, so we, we we definitely have our our love for baseball. We definitely go back with uh, some history. Um, as far as these inductions go, um, I do want to uh, let everybody know that the uh, my, my usual way of doing the inductions is to type it all up uh, on the blog and have it scheduled for its release as soon as the show goes live. So uh, that is the case. Uh, it is live as of 9 central p.m. this evening when we went on the air live uh, in much less detail dot blogspot dot com. The first uh, entry right now will be the Thursday, August 3rd blog posting, which has the 2023 MLB Hall of Infamy inductions. And I'm going to, uh, as I always do, read directly from those posts, uh, interjecting the audiovisual uh, prompts as needed. And with that, I will get started. A uh, couple of interactive pieces, like I said, uh, and a uh, historically, for us at least, uh, infamous game that will uh, oh. uh, in, okay. in the proceedings. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, I we, we, we mentioned Fred McGriff and, and his uh, induction ceremony that may or may not have gotten results. And of course, that joke comes from the uh, very infamous uh, videos that he was a, a spokesperson for. So let's get right started. Uh, right off the bat, Fred McGriff, Hall of Famer. Eh, you can say yay or nay to that, but certainly infamous uh, those videotapes and those commercials. So welcome the very first member this year of the Hall of Infamy class of 2023, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tommy Mansky. God damn it. You, you finally, you finally <laughs> sniped me. Oh, I got you. All right. Oh, I'm going to have to get my phone and delete that one. Oh. I, I had to. It's perfect. Prime dog goes Fred in. I, I, yeah, no, I I get it. I get it. <laughs> had to do it. I'm I'm clapping for you. <laughs> it's about time. Usually you get me right off the bat, so this time I finally got you. <laughs> uh, Tommy Mansky, the baseball skills guru, is infamous for an endearing, kitschy 1980s commercial featuring what wound up being a future Hall of Famer in Fred McGriff. If you have any idea about ESPN in the uh, 90s and the 2000s, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, here's the commercial now, or one of many commercials. Discover the defensive training secrets of America's finest baseball school in an exciting videotape. Baseball World's Defensive Drills video features professional scout and instructor Tommy Mansky. 
and the same revolutionary new training techniques that have produced Baseball World back-to-back-to-back AAU National Championship teams. The Defensive Drills video vastly improves players' arm strength, running speed, quickness, agility, and infield and outfield defensive skills. Even coaches practice organization. Lou Pavlovich, Jr., editor of Collegiate Baseball Magazine, calls it a masterpiece, the best defensive drill video ever produced. Many professional players are excited about this videotape. Just ask Atlanta Braves superstar Fred McGriff. This is the instructional video that gets results. Baseball World's Defensive Drills video makes a great gift and benefits players of all ages and ability levels. To order your copy for only $29.95, have your credit card ready and call toll-free. 1-800-253-8005. That's 1-800-253-8005. It really worked for me. And those of you who watched the, the commercial over and over again, you had to do the, the finger, point. finger point. As soon as you <laughs> I did it. This is the, this is the structural video that gets results. you got to do the point. you got to do the finger point. And you got to have the puffy hat. Uh, Tommy Mansky <laughs> hit the mother load for youth baseball coaches. He had success winning youth tournaments, as you heard, uh, as, as touted in his ubiquitous commercials. And he parlayed that into instructional videos where he taught defensive drills and other baseball skills. A couple of deals pushed these videos into infamy. The deal that Mansky struck to have the commercials for these videos in constant rotation on ESPN in the 1990s and 2000s which reportedly kicked back one-third of the sales of the tapes to ESPN, which explains why they were on all the time, and the deal to have poofy heck crime dog McGriff point at the camera and endorse the videos. This may have, no kidding, contributed to McGriff keeping his name top of mind for Hall of Fame voters, who eventually gave him the call this year. The irony? McGriff admitted he never watched the instructional video. Well, of course not. <laughs> as long as the check, that's all that counts. Long as the check clears. That's my motto for, for this upcoming fall as well. Uh, but as we know, any publicity is good publicity, and McGriff and Emansky both benefited from the endless airplay of those commercials. It's estimated that 50,000 spots for his videos aired on ESPN in a 10-year span. That will get you recognized as the worldwide leader in baseball instruction, whether you're any good at it or not. Our first entry in the 2023 Hall of Infamy, Tom Emansky. I I already clapped for you, but that that's you beat me to it. So topical, so perfect for this season with Fred McGriff going in. And yes, nothing nothing is complete without that finger point. <laughs> I mean, you talk about he got his name out there as like he is the baseball guru guy. Like him and Tom House are like the guys yeah. if you want to have baseball instruction. That's who that's the names that you think of. So that that's awesome. I don't know how good he is at coaching at all, but uh, he, he did it. He got that video in rotation just in perpetuity. Uh, so he made himself infamous. So, so good for him. Good good business deal. You know, yeah, you'll have that. You'll make. have that. You'll have that nice exhibit with that playing on an endless loop. Oh my gosh, that yeah, so many spots because it started out with the back-to-back national champions. Then he won the, another one. So now right. the back-to-back-to-back AAU national. Yeah. Yeah, anybody who like us, if you're watching ESPN in the the '90s, you, you are just getting beaten over the head by that commercial. And every, every you know, pe- people can't even separate. You almost can't talk about Fred McGriff anymore without talking about those Tom Emansky videos. Right. That's it, it. Really did I think keep him up there in people's minds when you when you you can't help but think about those commercials when you think about McGriff and you can't. Help but think about McGriffin, you think about those commercials. Yeah, I, I really do think that 
played a part. You know, people's minds are fickle. Their, their memories are uh, pliable. And whatever you do to keep yourself top of mind, uh, you know, obviously I don't think McGriff was, was thinking that at the time. That That's what wound up happening. I really think that's played a big part in him getting elected eventually to the Hall of Fame. Without that, he's just, you know, he's without that, he's Carlos Delgado. He's just a guy that, that amassed a lot of numbers, right? But he had a but. He did have a cool nickname. He was the crime dog. That's right. Google the uh, crime dog McGruff videos, kids, if you don't know what uh, what we're talking about with that. Yeah, even that reference is, is uh, dated. dated. Yes, <laughs> very much. <laughs> He's dated. The nickname's dated. Everything about it is. His commercials are dated. You know, um, we should yeah, all be so lucky think to, like, to, well, to Crime be dog is like this is almost this is like this is no no this is nothing to do with rap. <laughs> And nothing to do with his personality. He's like the nicest guy. He's right. the complete opposite of a crime dog. It was McGruff. That's right. McGruff the crime dog. Uh, so, yeah, nice throwback uh, to start there. Uh, we'll keep the throwbacks going uh, with, uh, you know me, I got to go to the dark side a little bit. This will not be very. I'll switch uh, while I do football. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, so, so we'll go back, but it won't be smiles and laughs. It will be uh, a, a very sad story. We get a lot of of things in the uh, in the sports media these days about uh, giving second chances. You you get do uh, you get a slap on the wrist? You really get the the hammer laid down when you do something wrong. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the prime candidate for second chances, the guy that got so many chances it became a, a running joke. Uh, the second inductee into the 2023 Baseball Hall of Infamy, the late, great Steve Howe. That had to be, that had to be like eight chances. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, very, very close to it. Uh, Steve Howe, a relief pitcher, mostly with the Yankees, is infamous for losing his way over and over and over and over again. How is the poster child for athletes getting second chances because he got seven? It wasn't eight. It was seven. Uh, count them. Seven chances to redeem himself in the eyes of Major League Baseball. He kept choosing to find comfort in his substances, forcing the league to ban him for good. How was a successful pitcher saving 17 games in his Dodgers NL Rookie of the Year campaign in 1980 and helping them beat, ironically, the Yankees in the 81 World Series? By 83, he was checking himself into rehab for alcohol and cocaine, and was suspended for the entire season in 1984. Howe kept making comebacks and kept getting suspended again, and by the time he got busted for the seventh time in 1992, MLB had had enough and banned him for life. An arbiter overturned the ban, however, and Howe was back pitching again for the New York Yankees from 1994 through 96. The story of someone so determined to turn back to drugs after so many opportunities was destined to end badly. And thus, Hal flipped his truck in 2006 and died at age 48 with meth in his system, naturally. Oh. Hal became the face of athlete privilege because in no other occupation could someone get caught abusing drugs and alcohol on seven different occasions. I was off considered... by one. <laughs> oh, you're way off. You, you missed it by one. And still be considered employable. It's not a stretch to, to link the harsher punishment and lesser chances for guys today to the multiple wasted chances on infamous basket cases like Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and Steve Howe, the second inductee into wow. this year's Hall of Infamy. You know, it's, it's sad because it's a substance abuse story, right? And it's a guy who couldn't get his life on track, but it became comical 
and that's the that's kind of the sad part was that sort of two pronged issue that you had where you know the and MLB just couldn't I just can't quit you they just kept bringing him back back I mean he's like the Josh Gordon of MLB really I mean just just and you bring him back oh he had another suspension for the same thing and, and that would not happen these days most of these leagues this tolerance level uh, would not be there. And, and, you know, and after, I don't know how many, but it would not get to seven for most players. No, no. Um, it, and it's sad because clearly he's a guy he's struggling with addiction. And because, it, but, and he wasn't bad, right? I mean, he, no. he kept getting chances because he could produce when, when he wasn't, you know, he coked out or, or drunk or, or whatever. You know, any of the number of meth, methed out, any of these things that he's got going on. He was a he was a good player, so it's it's sad. It's a cautionary tale, but then there's also that sort of you know where we have this dark sense of humor about us uh, on this show sometimes, especially when it comes to to Hall of Infamy. Sometimes it, it becomes well, you know, just try to underplay it a little bit. It becomes almost a parody of itself, and it did. You know, and I even remember us way back when, just when we were doing, just talking about sports, it would be a joke. It was almost like a running gag in, in real time where he was getting another chance. Oh, he got another chance. Oh, yeah, not, not good. Not a, not a good look for the league. Not a good look for the guy. Never clearly got the help with all the resources of these big sports leagues now. I don't think somebody like him would would just slip through the cracks. He probably would have, you know, with the weight of the league and things like that, I'm sure they would have probably had a little bit more for intervention and and getting the guy some help and definitely would not have had seven chances to, you know, blow in in the league. So to speak. Uh, Right. With all the blowout there for him, yeah. I mean, he he became he made himself a joke. The league yes. made it a joke. Hey, hey! And he made himself a joke by continuing to. Oops, I slipped in some coke again. How did I? I, I keep doing that. I, oops, I slipped. I, man, that was his coke at the White House. They just found that, it too late. It may well have been. He had so much of it. Uh, yeah, he it became a joke because it was a joke. That's an absolute joke. Can you imagine anybody? Oops, I slipped again. That, that, that's what yeah. five now. All right, well, this time I'm going to clean it up and, and really get better. <laughs> Doing like the Austin Powers video. Oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell <laughs> over again. Uh, and you brought up the other side of the athlete privilege is the fact that he was good. That's why they kept bringing him uh, back because he actually knew how to pitch and was a, right. a, a, an effective closer uh, for but the Yankees he's... even after seven suspensions. But if he's one of these – like scrubby third rate players on the Colts who gambled God forever. Exactly. They're not doing that to Jonathan Taylor. Believe me. No. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Taylor played some draft Kings. I don't think he's getting a lifetime ban. We're not finding out about it. If it's Jonathan Taylor or any of these other, that's, guys, that's right? also true. Uh, you cannot possibly convince me that it's only the scrubs that get caught gambling. They're the only ones that have a gambling problem. The, the top stars don't have a problem because they don't have yeah, with all and, and with these gambling suspensions now, you know, like with Calvin Ridley and all these guys coming back, you know who's the most hose out of all this is still Pete Rose to this day. <laughs> he was a forerunner, right? He was yeah. a visionary. 
he did it before it was cool. <laughs> That's right. He he had a problem before it was cool to have a problem. Um, <laughs> now that yeah, that guy. Um, and, and you know, really, if anyone should be getting paid off all these casinos, it's him. Like he he introduced all these guys in the in the front door. Back when they were telling all these casinos and and gambling, it wasn't gambling sites back then, but it was certainly all the casinos and and affiliates of of the casinos that wanted to have a relationship with these sports. And Pete Rose was trying to hold the door open and let, yeah, yeah, come on in. It's it's good. It's all good, guys. And they were shoving everybody out the door at that point, talking about how terrible it was. And uh, it's a black eye on the sport and it, it makes us look bad and, then they started cutting all these deals where they get a piece of the pie. And now it's okay. Hey, come on in. We're open the door and invite everybody in, and it's all good. Now we have sports teams in Vegas. Uh Uh-huh. No no problems at all. Uh, Nothing to see here, folks. (sighs) But, yeah, uh, that's not going to stand. The gambling, no one's going to get seven chances uh, at gambling and and keep getting brought back. Uh, No one's going to get seven chances at at substances and, and keep getting brought back. Definitely a different day and age in the 80s uh, when, when this was happening. Um, but, yeah, Steve, Al- yeah, that, that's been a running joke for a long time. And, you know, yeah, it is sad, but also, come on, what, what the hell? <laughs> Six, seven, five wasn't enough, six, seven, really? He's um, little, yeah, he's, little, he's LeBron James of, of the drug, not one, not two. We, <laughs> not three, not five. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, indeed. All right. Uh, speaking of substances, we have a, a guest in our booth, and we're going to turn to him right now, even though we probably shouldn't give him a live microphone. Celebrity. A celebrity in the booth, Mudcat. We have a sighting. We have a Sut sighting. Sut sighting. Our friend and colleague Rick Sutcliffe dropping by to say hello. Here's Vinny Castilla leading things off in the last of the eighth. Oh, he ran away now. You can go hang out with Brooks and Dunn. The Red Baron. Is he on? There he is. <laughs> son. It's good to have you back, son. Oh, my goodness, man. How good is this? What's up, Redhead? You t- taking some time away from your busy ESPN world to hang out down it, here with us, little dog? It's not that busy, man. It's not that busy. Son, who you been playing golf with? Um, he's here. He's in the house tonight. Bill Murray. Josh Barfield. It's a fly ball out there. Short center field. Oh. Ouch, man. The shoulder, too. Look how he rolls on the shoulder. You guys have me cracking up all the time. So we miss you around here, man. Let me tell you something. I'm not far away. I'm here all the time. What's what's the best city in the National League to play golf in? Seriously. <laughs> the best city in the world, Mud. Where is it? San Diego. Right here, man. You can't read it. It's the eighth. So you had some unbelievable news in spring training, and I wanted to pass it along because you've got a wonderful wife, a beautiful daughter. She got accepted to Harvard Law School. About Harvard Medical School, man. Medical School. Boy, great play by Bill Hall in the shortstop. Well, he's all over the field all of a sudden, and there are two gone now with bar to board on the fielder's choice. You're going to be a doctor in the family? Harvard Medical School. Congratulations. That's, come on, man. That's awesome. Why does that surprise you? you know, it, it doesn't, but it's, I mean... It doesn't surprise Daddy, us. look at me, It doesn't man. surprise us because your daughter is, is all the a smart lady. We've had, 
but the fact that she's your daughter still surprises us. That's all good, man. She's on her way to Africa tomorrow. How about that? Oh, yeah, on one of those missions, man. George Clooney. You've been reading about all that? You've been seeing that? George Clooney. Yeah. Here's Ben Johnson. He's up there with... um, He's up there with the Congress. He's trying to get everybody to go there and solve that thing. That misses low, a ball and a strike. Pretty good pitch there. I'm getting yelled at from Bill Murray in the back. I need to go. I'd much rather hang with you guys in there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Suck. He can wait. Mud, you're the best, man. Anybody on earth that doesn't like Mark Grant, I mean, they got, they got problems. Maddie. What are you still doing here in San Diego? Red Baron, you were, hey, by the way, you were Maddie. an answer to a trivia question earlier. No, 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 Maddie. We were at, we were at Dodger Stadium. Everybody on earth has been trying to steal you. We were at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers, the Cubs, ESPN. Two weeks ago. What are you still doing here? Wow. George Clody. That's a classic. That man. That just listening to the whole breadth of that again. It was like, whoo. I mean, that is Namath drunk, right? That's that's bad. I haven't heard that in a long time. And all, you know, I still remembered all the, you know, the Bill Murray, George Clooney, you know, yeah. He's trying to get Matt Matt Vasquez fired. (laughs) Right. That's the, that's the dismount. That's the beautiful. What are you doing uh, here? This place grunt. sucks, man. <laughs> Everybody wants you. What are you still doing here? Calling the Padres. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, the uh, longest I think inductee into the Lee Elio wing of quotes uh, would be good old drunk Rick Sutcliffe. Uh, yeah, there's quotes <laughs> within that quote too. Right. Uh, infamous for uh, crowning Sut as an honorary king of non-sequitur because there is no better example of someone needing to have his live mic cut off than Rick Sutcliffe deciding to transition from talking about his daughter to some celebrity gossip. George Clooney. You've been reading about all that? You've been seeing that? George Clooney. Sutcliffe, the... Best reaction, man. It's not just him doing it. It's it's the re, it's the reaction. Like, what the George hell are Clooney. you talking about? <laughs> I think that's the moment where Vasgersian uh, realized, oh shit, this dude. Yeah, get this out of here. This for, for, first of all, I grew up watching the Cubs. This is what Steve Stone dealt with all day. <laughs> Put that cigar off, Steve. Oh my gosh. Uh, Sutcliffe, the former Rookie of the Year and Cy Young winner, was winding down what sounded like a really fun day golfing with Bill Murray. With Bill Murray. On... Bill Murray in the house. <laughs> in the house tonight. <laughs> on May 10, 2006, uh, when some jackass decided to mic him up during the Brewers-Padres game in San Diego, uh, and you just heard the infamous three-minute result. Sutcliffe had a good post-playing day's broadcasting career going for himself before burning it all down on this evening. Similar to Fred McGriff getting possible positive momentum towards the real Hall of Fame thanks to his videos, I can't help but wonder if Sutcliffe has suffered negative momentum because of this video. I think he's got more of a Hall of Fame case than Scott Rowland, uh, and maybe as much as yeah. McGriff. I mean, first of uh, all, if, if if the Red Baron, if he ever goes into the Hall of Fame, I think George Clooney has to put him in. George Clooney? Really? Why? It's George Clooney. <laughs> 
George Clooney. You've been reading about all that? You've been seeing that? George Clooney. <laughs> I'm glad that you have just that cut, because that's what we really need from that whole thing. That's the one we've been quoting over the years. Like we just, yeah, that's the money we, shot right there. When we completely go off the road and just completely take the wrong answer, we just kind of look up at it. George Clooney. Like, how do we get there? Wait a minute. So yeah, that's definitely uh, the the big one there. Uh, yeah, it's not inconceivable. It's not conceivable that that Sutcliffe's ever getting that call uh, for you know to be a real hofer because he. he uh, before he dies, it's not going to happen because so many people think of this incident now when they think of Sutcliffe at all, you know? Uh, and that's really too bad because that 15 and one record in 1984 yeah. for the Cubs is one of the most dominant stretches of pitching I've ever seen still to this day. Uh, and, and he deserves to be remembered for much more than Maddie and George Clooney. Uh, but he's one of many uh, to learn that one too many can destroy anything that came before that. So uh, sort of sad, but Definitely infamous, Rick Sutcliffe. You know, and I don't remember that necessarily as getting him fired, but he definitely was phased out. Right. He he just he just kind of disappeared. It kind of like Effingham. You just poof. You didn't see him (laughs) on ESPN anymore. Not as much. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, That that was, and that's the early days of kind of that high speed internet where it was so much easier to have these things go viral. You know. Sure, because it was it was just a local right. That was just a local Padres broadcast. Right, that wasn't a national telecast or anything. Yeah, like so that. you so know, if that happened in 1987, then yeah. you probably wouldn't have heard about it for three or four months exactly. if you heard Even about it 20, at all. 20, 30 years ago, none of this reaches anything outside of that regional market. Or if you hear about it, you hear about it third hand or as a blurb in the paper. Or, but you don't actually get that oh, wow, I can go on a, a web service now or someone's blog or on what you know what YouTube would have been at the time. It might have been mm-hmm. YouTube, I don't remember. But it would have been more of in its infancy at the time. But you could go and you could grab that. And I remember uh, you you mined the hell out of it. You loved the hell out of that video. Because that was one of those great, <laughs> terrible broadcast moments in the booth. Like you can smell the alcohol coming off the man. As oh yeah, he's doing I mean it's like I said, that's that's Joe Namath right there. That's Joe Namath and Susie Calder right there. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it is uh, you know, but this is what happens when you over imbibe and you <laughs> someone gives you. It's 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 a duel there. It's it's the guy over imbibing. It's also some producer giving him a live mic. Like what the hell are you doing? Yeah, man? and not and not recognizing sooner. You know, don't don't let this thing breathe. Yeah, it, it, no, you're right. It, it, it is uh, name of flight because Rick Sutcliffe in that moment was definitely struggling. Oh, big time. All right. On to our fourth inductee into the Baseball Hall of Infamy. A very, very infamous man who uh, also liked to burn his bridges down and uh, make a name for himself, uh, certainly not in a positive way. Ladies and gentlemen. Our fourth inductee into the 2023 Baseball Hall of Infamy, Jose Canseco. (laughs) Jose Canseco was an outfielder mostly for the Oakland Athletics. He is infamous for using and abusing steroids for all he could and telling the world all about it later. 
Talk about a guy who doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, kind of like Sud, unfortunately. Uh, Jose Canseco hasn't met a bridge he wouldn't burn. He's one of the most famous baseball players and was one of the best of his time, but Canseco won't ever be immortalized in Cooperstown, not just because he juiced, but because he decided to come clean in his book and call out other juicers in the process. Canseco burst into the sport as the 1986 American League Rookie of the Year in Oakland with 33 homers and 15 stolen bases, then won the AL MVP in 1988 unanimously after going 40-40 in homers and stolen bases. He and Mark McGuire comprised the Bash Brothers, and their prodigious home runs propelled the A's to two AL pennants and a world title in 89. He was eventually traded to Texas as the A's wearied of his perpetual absences due to injuries. A long list of stops followed as a number of teams tried to recapture the MVP magic with little or no luck. In 2005, Canseco decided to release a scandalous autobiography entitled Juiced, claimed that as much as 85% of the sport was using steroids. He named McGuire, Rafael Palmero, and many others as users, and even said that he personally sucked the needles in some of their asses. The book was quoted by some of the lawmakers during the infamous Mitchell Report, which I already inducted. His new identity as an honest gatekeeper led him to write a second book titled Vindicated, and more players like Albert Bell and Alex Rodriguez were named in that one. Canseco is the epitome of infamous because he used his souped-up baseball skills to aggrandize himself into a Madonna-fucking, reality-show-starring, celebrity-boxing uber-celeb, all while being able to claim a level of redemption and purity because he happened to be the first of the roided-up freaks to sing about it in order to sell a book. But there will always be a shadow over him because, as he has consistently proven, he'll say anything to keep people talking about him. Ladies and gentlemen, Jose Canseco. Yeah, and that's sort of the that, that boy. That is the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, right there, all in one person, isn't it? I Man. mean, you take just the performance, whether it was roided up or not. This was a time in baseball when that was not frowned upon. It was, you know, it was swept under the rug. It was pushed aside. Um, it was celebrated. I mean, when we think about what ended up happening in '98 with the home run chase, and and mm-hmm. and, and and then when that all started to turn against McGuire and, and Bonds and Sosa, here's Jose Canseco sort of turning himself into this anti-hero, I think is the best way that you could describe it. Cause he's the bad guy, but he's not wrong. And they, you know, as much as they tried to sort of impugn him because he was a bad guy and he was a, a cartoon character, he wasn't, we don't necessarily believe that he was lying about everything. He might have embellished some, but it was enough with, to have all the, the Congress hearings and the I'm not here to talk about the past and uh, Sammy Sosa forgets how to speak English and the, you know Rafael Palmero doing the, the Bill Clinton finger wag. We don't get any of that without Jose Canseco. I'm not here to talk about the past. That's right. No, we don't. Um, and, and, you know, the yeah. fans throwing syringes at Barry Bonds. I mean, we had – and Jose Canseco, for good or for bad, you know, because he, he benefited. He, he benefited from what was considered at a later date the cheating and the abuse of the steroids. And then by sort of turning heel and, and ratting out everybody else who did it, he, like I said, he, he turned himself into this, you know, martyr anti-hero. Of, of that everybody could point at and go, well, see, I, he he was the guy on the internet. But in the meantime, he's winning MVPs and winning World Series, <laughs> Rookie of the Year, or all this, you know, all this other stuff. 
uh, that he had going for him and that he was in contention for. Yeah, he'll never sniff the actual MLB Hall of Fame, even though oh, no. the, the body of the body of work is there. But it's the sideshow and the you know he he crossed the the players line. Um, you know, as far as calling out the players and naming names, um, yeah, he'll, he'll never get in. But hey, we we will welcome in, in him in with open arms into the hall of fame. I have never used steroids. Period. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I did not up. have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> you know, you could just see the wag as soon as he, you know, as he does it, and all those guys, nobody believes them. They're all no. liars. Nobody believes Palmero. Nobody believes Bonds. You know, no, no, nobody believes McGuire or Sosa. And I don't think to this date any of those guys are in. No. I um, think you should just say? put them all in. Right. Because yeah, they, they, every, they, you they, know, did, if it, if, they did it. They if, set those if records. If the number's right, it. you yeah. know, let's say he's wrong and he overestimated by a quarter and it was 65% of the league <laughs> was doing it. Well, then that means you were pit. That means you were going up with Clemens. All these guys, Pettit. You're going up against roided pitchers. All these people who got wrapped into that. If they were all cheating against each other, put them in. Yep, yeah, they they put up the numbers. They did it. They yeah. they weren't playing against all these clean guys, like you said. Some of them were dirty yeah. too. So what the hell? You can't tell me the only Hall of Famer to come out of that era is Frank Thomas <laughs> and Ken Griffey. Those are the only clean guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Fred McGriff. Your. <laughs> That's your favorite, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. <laughs> Those are the only clean people in the entire uh, steroid era. Conseco um, also had, a, I like your, uh, the, the title of his book should have been, I'm Not Wrong. I like that uh, that that tag that you put on there. That should have been the title. It should have been Jesus. It should have been, I'm not wrong. You can hate me all you want. And I, I'm not wrong. Yep. I, we, we, right. <laughs> I mean, that's we were doing it's all not, that stuff. It's not how much you hate the person. Or it's the message, and you know, and then, you know, you can you can do all the ad hominem stuff and just attack the character or attack the person, but how about hey, let's address what he actually said? Is he wrong? Well, they never did that. They, they I don't believe he's no. ever been debunked. Right, he's a scumbag and he's a piece of shit and he's a correct. We'll, we'll accept fame all chasing, of that. Fame chasing <laughs> turd, but he's not wrong. <laughs> right. Um, He's also I mean, he's got, like ground zero of the steroid era. Right. Uh, and he's got another um, similarity to Pete Rose, who we all uh, mentioned earlier, uh, in that both of them are considered like they just have no uh, intention of admitting what they were doing until they got the right motivation by having a book to sell. And then they just started singing about everything. Oh, and sure. It's like, Right, we are, we're, there's no dispute that these guys are scumbags. Yeah, right. Yeah, they had no but, interest in the truth until someone gave them enough money. But Pete Rose is a Hall of Famer. So he's a hit king. No one has I mean, more hits yeah. than Pete Rose. Nobody has more hits than Pete Rose. He's, he's you know, uh, Charlie Hustle right, and all that stuff. He's a Hall of Famer. He, he had a Hall of Fame career. In everybody's mind... He's a Hall of Famer, other than the, 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 the you know, the, the baseball sports writers, the gatekeepers, you know, who couldn't, uh, you know, who accidentally got somebody in with that 100% vote, and you know they screwed up when they let, <laughs> when they, when Mariano got in with the 100%, somebody was supposed to be the guy to vote no, and they forgot. Damn, who was supposed to do that? 
Somebody was so, We messed that up. But you know, we've we've made fun. Part of this, excuse me, what we do is to make fun of that. Now you know, like you know, thumb in their nose at people, kind of hoity-toity, the sports writers and everybody is going to be. It's a hall of fame, right? And you're keeping and that's out. it. That's all it is. It's all fame. It's not a hall of greats. It's not a hall of goats. It's a hall of fame. And through that era. All of these guys, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, Clemens, Canseco, Pete Rose, they were the sport, (laughs) right? Anybody who lived through 89 with the Bash Brothers or 98 with the Sosa-McGuire with the home run, everybody was wrapped up in that, right? Even when they're finding the creatine and the andro in McGuire's locker, (laughs) you're still wrapped up in that home run chase and that 98 uh, wild card run. Right, everybody's wrapped up in that. That brought baseball back after the strike. They all deserve Absolutely. to be in. Put them all in. We'll gladly take all those guys. We'll put them in one by one. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and Conseco was, I mean, you said it, forty forty guy. A oh, monster! What a what a what a ball player. He came yeah. along and and just we hadn't seen anything like him when he came along. Like he no, was, and that that. That eighty that was that Henders was that Ricky Henderson and Canseco and McGuire. I mean that come on was it Dave Stewart on that team? Mm-hmm. I mean that, thought, was the, that, was, that, that was the that was the earthquake. That's right, eighty nine when the, the San mean, Francisco so, earthquake. Yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. I, that's what we grew up with. That team was going to win like four or five titles. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know that's one of the negative drawbacks of the steroids is you fall apart. Right. Yeah, that was the even, thing. He just kept you know, McGuire had the McGuire had the big thing in '98, but McGuire went through years of being injured. Yes, absolutely. So, right. Um, and if you, we don't think in those terms because that was nine years later that he was doing all of that stuff, and he looked like a completely different, you know, completely different guy. By this, it was like Bonds, right? When you look at Bonds, when he was with the Pirates. <laughs> Versus what he was at the end, where that's that's not the same guy. Bonds, no, no, it's Pittsburgh like Bonds himself. and Giants Bonds are not the same guy, right? He's double the size of himself. Yeah. Come on. Of so, course, Sam Sosa in the White Sox uniform wasn't yeah. the, wasn't the same guy as the Cub either. Yeah. But you just but no. You, uh, I, I hate to turn this into a diatribe on all of those guys needing to be in, but no, hey, what better place for it than right here? Exactly. Uh, we got plenty of time. We got 17 minutes yeah, left. Yeah, we're zipping and along have, tonight, so I'm trying to have one induction time left. for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, for anyone who wasn't uh, familiar with our stances on, on Halls of Fame and things of that nature, it, it's pretty simple. Um, if you're If you have a sport Hall of Fame and the leading hitter of all time in that sport isn't in, the leading home run hitter of all time in that sport isn't in, and the leading – pitcher or Cy Young winner of all time in that sport isn't in. You don't really have a Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Sorry, Cooperstown. That's that's not really a, a Hall of Fame. Like You have a Hall you, of guys we like. A Hall of guys who haven't offended us. That's not real. That's not a Hall of Fame. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's how we stand. That's how we see that. So, however you put up the numbers, you did it. You put up the numbers, you set the all-time records, and you should be in the in the Hall of Fame, period. Right. That's and you can do what you need to do on the back end to make yourself, make your peace with it, right? If you need to put something in the exhibit, you don't have to necessarily put it on the plaque. 
But if you want to put something in the little exhibit for that player that, that talks about those, hey, that's part of the fame. It is, or you, know? or you don't. You don't even have to do that. It, like they did it. They put the numbers up. It's up to the people that want to learn right. more if they want to go learn more. Uh, but you don't necessarily even have to do. I've, I've seen that uh, in places too. Well, put them in, but put an asterisk on the plaque, or put yeah, you, uh, something you, you, in the. Like in the I write-up said, I don't or, even need it on the plaque. But you know what? Even if you put nothing in there, you're going to get a dad who's walking his kids through there. And, and, and they're going to have the history. And then some kid, oh, who's this? Who's Barry Bonds? Leave it to that parent or that person who's instruct, you know, who's, hey, you know, that guy's a cheater, you know. Or that person might say, hey, he's he was one of the greatest I ever saw. And then he can tell the story of that. But don't just leave him out. Just don't blanket go, you know what, screw you guys. You're not in. You don't deserve it. Because people are going to be like, well, 73 home runs. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Yeah. This guy's not in all-time home runs. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would even say that if it's six, seven generations later and someone's walking through the exhibit and they see and they see the Barry Bonds exhibit and they don't really know all the story stuff and they don't really know the story and they can't pass on that part of it, then guess what? That means it really wasn't that important. Yeah. Then, or if you're really that big of a fan of the game, you can go back and you can educate yourself. Oh, hey, I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. And I'm, you know, oh, well, Barry Bonds, you look him up, you do Wikipedia or do whatever you want to do with that. Oh, wow, I didn't know all of this stuff. But my, you know, the numbers don't lie. You go back and watch all those, watch all those uh, videos of him just jacking home runs or was setting the record for the most intentional walks. I mean, they intentionally walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded. Because they'd rather give up one than four. And it, and it won them a game. Yes. It was so, you know, so, ah, yes, this is, I know we've gotten off a little tangent here off of Jose Canseco, but man, he opened up the can of worms. He did. Uh, he, he bashed the can of worms, and then when it turned on him, he started singing about the worms and told everybody. Yeah. Hey. And then after the first go-around, he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And he goes back <laughs> for round two, and then without that, we don't get fake Dominican cousins and all this other stuff. <laughs> So yeah, the Jose Canseco was a very uh, pivotal part of all that. The, uh, the the steroid world sort of orbited around him for a while there. Right. Think of how much of our Hall of Infamy baseball we have been doing many less years than football. How much of this Hall of Infamy that we've been doing for baseball is tied to that steroid era? I'm not here to talk about the past. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. He doesn't want to talk about all that. <sighs> all right. Uh, it's time to go back in our personal history for our last inductee. Um, I hope you've been uh, drinking and, and got yourself nice and relaxed because this is going to raise your blood pressure. You probably know where I'm going with this. Oh, man, there's so many ways you could go with this. Is this game, is this, uh, oh, God, is this game two of the NLCS? Oh, my God. It's actually game one. It's the very Jack first game. It was game one. Oh, that's right. They goes. won game two. They won game two. It was game one that they, yeah, oh, man. You're already started. I haven't even done the induction yet. You're already I'm yelling started. at Dusty Baker from right field, hoping he could hear me. Oh, were we in, were we in right or left? I think we were over in the, uh, no, My we were in right. You're right. My you're seats right, were right. in right field, section yep. 237. I can tell you exactly because that's where my season tickets were in the, yeah, yeah. 
All right, let me get the induction in, and then you can uh, you can color in the, the rest Does of the ten Steve minutes. Baker. <laughs> I know you're going to color. Nobody was more it. mad than me. Nobody was more <laughs> mad than me when he got a title. <laughs> uh, the 2003 National League Championship Series Game One is infamous for making Jay the angriest I've ever seen him. Man, I hulked out. <laughs> you sure did. The veins are popping out of my neck. <laughs> There was once an excruciatingly painful playoff series for Chicago Cubs fans before they ever witnessed a world championship in 2016. The way they managed to lose to the then Florida Marlins feels like something Jay should address when he's ready to immortalize that chain of events. But we were there October 7th, live at Wrigley Field for the manner in which they lost the first game of the NLCS, and it was unforgettable. It starts with the lineup decision by Marlins manager, trader Jack McKeon, to bench power-hitting third baseman Mike Lowell for this 20-year-old kid you may have heard of named Miguel Cabrera. Curious, but the offense didn't suffer because the wild game was tied 6-6 in the ninth. The Fish got to Cubs closer Joe Borowski for a couple runs, but in the bottom ninth, Marlins closer Uget Urbina served up a two-run dong to Sammy Sosa that would still be traveling upward if the center field scoreboard didn't <laughs> I get I was about away. to say, that home run that Sosa hit went next to the score. That thing, I, I saw some Glenn Allen Hill stuff. That might be the hardest hit ball I've ever seen. That was an absolute destroyed ball. Uh, that ball was the, still the going steroids. up when yeah. it left the stadium. It was. I, I remember it very well. It's Probably one of the three loudest uh, stadiums I've ever been in at that moment when when Sosa hit that homer. Uh, Where am I? They played a scoreless 10th. Then the big head scratcher happens. Cubs manager Dusty Baker sends out lefty reliever Mark Guthrie to face the 9-1-2 hitters. The 9 would be the pitcher spot in this ancient time when a DH wasn't in the National League. We all knew Lowell Mm -hmm. was still sitting there on the bench. We all knew. Lowell crushed left-handed pitching. We all knew the Marlins would use Lowell to pinch hit for the pitcher. What do you think happened? No, you didn't say it right. We all knew Lowell (laughs) was going yard because I knew, I think half that stadium knew, uh, awful. Home run. Yep. Jay was absolutely livid. That didn't land in Uh, the basket. No, it was not. Uh, Jay saw all this coming as soon as Guthrie came into the game and said so loudly, and when Lowell blasted what would become the game-winning Jack, Jay's face was beat red, and the string of expletives was as long and prolific as the homer itself. It was. In the 40 years I've known known him, I've never seen him that mad. But he had a right to be. Basic baseball knowledge would dictate not to use a lefty in that spot, but Dusty gonna Dusty. So remember, folks, any discussion of the legendary collapse of the Cubs in 2003 needs to include the mismanagement of Industry Retrusty, particularly in the very first game of the NLCS, or else it's not a complete discussion. The final inductee, the 2003 NLCS, Game 1. Game 1. Yeah, no, you're absolutely – everybody wants to – see, I am not the guy, and this is well on the record, I'm not the guy who just bags on Bartman, right? You know, Bob Bartman lost us. No, 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 Bartman didn't lose us the series, right? You know, we we mismanaged game one. We didn't trust our pitchers. I remember that that, that game six, uh, you know, with the thing with, with Bartman, 
you go back, pull the tape, Mark Pryor is struggling in the seventh. And but that Dusty just sends him back down, back out there in the eighth because he didn't trust his bullpen. But because he's also Dusty Baker and he wants to just destroy every starting pitcher that he possibly can. Struggling. Yeah, he sends him out there and the team falls apart and Bartman thing happens and Moises Alou has a mental breakdown on that same play. Just, hey, just that cool, man. You know, Alex Gonzalez drops a tailor-made double play ball. Like, there's so many things that went wrong in that game, that inning, and then that series. But you can trace it all back to a game one that they they just, what are you doing? What are, you, what are the worst? <laughs> man, it, it, oh, Dusty. Dusty Bates. We saw him blow it with the Giants, right? I mean, there's no rally monkey for Anaheim without Dusty Baker mentally, you know, imploding as the Giants manager. And Ooh, shout out to Bates. Russ Ortiz. I might have to induct him someday. Oh, yeah, or the rally monkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we all watched it. We were all wrapped up in that because it was fun. It was cool. And then, the man, the A's, they just kept coming back, man. Well, yeah, it's because Dusty Baker is a, a crap manager. <laughs> And he got the Cubs there, and he kept getting them there. And then you just do, you know, you don't, you, you ruin the careers of your younger players. He ruined Corey Patterson, just completely ruined them. Um, blew his pitcher's arms out, ruined Pryor and Wood, um, throwing guys out there. I mean, there was one game that they had one where they were up by, like, so many runs, and he's still throwing those guys out there in, like, the eighth inning for no reason when they're up by a ton of runs. So... I don't get it. Overuse, bad managing, but yeah, it all sort of goes back. Everybody wants to remember Game Six and remember Bartman, but man, yeah, Game One, that was we were there. That also we was were part there. Of the, that was also part of it is we were at an NLCS at Wrigley, right? First game, and uh, boy, electric atmosphere. Then the Cubs win the next three. Yeah. So. Ah, and they can't close it. And then, you know, ironically, they win the World Series by coming back from three. So, you know, it's all cycles, right? Yeah, at the time, you had no idea. At the time, of course. No, I did uh, not know, hey, here's our chance to go to the World Series for the first time. And at that point would have been 95 years. Yes. uh, That, one, we were ever going to get back in that position again, or two, that it was going to take us. Uh, 13 more years to get there to that position to be in a World Series or, you know, and, and at that time still, even though I lived up here, we still had our tickets, you know, and, and yeah, man, I'm glad we hung on to them because at least I, I, I got to go to an NLCS. I went to game one and game two and game two went much better. Um, I got to go to a game one and, and a, a game two of, of an NLCS and see the Cubs at Wrigley in, you know, a championship series. And then to just the way, to have them blow it the way they blew it, of course, just, it just ripped your heart out. Boston uh, blew it the same. It was supposed to be Cubs and Red Sox, right? That was right, what we were right. going towards. And they both blew it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that, that that's great because, yeah, I don't know if I've ever been more, like, angry and just Never let down more at a sporting event. Never seen your face that color red. Because everybody in that stadium knew what was going to happen except for Dusty Baker. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on the baseball reference page of, uh, of that game, and I'm reading the fact that uh, Guthrie pitched to, I think, one more guy, and then they brought in a, a right-hander, uh, old six-fingers uh, Antonio Alfonseca. 
why would you not just start the inning without Fonseca? What, what, what was the point of bringing Guthrie in at all? I don't, I, well, and I'm sure we discussed that at the time too, but yeah, we all, yeah, we all knew and you knew and you were saying it as it was happening. Right. You, Cause you at that point, much... then the lineup turns over. That's great. Now you've got, it's Pierre and Castillo at the top of the lineup where the lefty makes maybe a little bit more sense. I mean, Pierre's a lefty was, I think Castillo was a switch hitter. Yeah. Um, but still to, to not keep either keep the guy. And I don't know if what the situation was, if they had, pitched, you know, pinch hit for the pitcher in the, in the 10th inning. So no, they had to make a, a change. That was just uh, a straight the, switch. About the, 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 the Marlins. No, the Cubs, like if they had oh. to make the pitching change, like if they had pitch hit for the pitcher oh. um, in the 10th. But still, either way, you know it's the pitcher spot due up. You know that the masher, as soon as you bring in a lefty, you don't have to pitch to three batters. It's not 2022. No, you don't. Ah, <sighs> Yeah. Could have yeah. brought in a righty for one hitter and gone to the, uh, yeah. gone to the lefty. You could have for... just brought in the righty and just kept the righty in. Because at that point, you don't know how long this game is going to go, you know, what sure. you're set in for. Um, if if you need to bring it, I mean, they had got Carlos Zambrano, believe it or not, he was on that team. Um, they, so that was that was part of like the anger, rookies. was that, yeah. uh, oh, let's, but there was so, so many things you could do that were not that. Right, that was the anger, that we knew that there were so many other options other than let's bring in a lefty to pitch to the pitcher spot who we know is going to be Mike Lowell pinch hitting for. So it just <laughs> exactly. makes so much sense. Yeah, and you're not a Cubs fan, but you're a fan of the sport. You know bad managing when you see it, and that was it right there. I, I was just sitting there with my mouth open like, what in the hell? <laughs> and, and, and even less predict- predictable, Lowell just destroyed it. Yep, yep, no doubt. No doubt, and and that was the game winner, and that was it. Yeah. That was the game. And they and I remember them booing Dusty so hard. Sure. You know, that, I mean, you think about that fan base and the suffering and what what they went through, and they're there, they're in the CS, and it's against the Marlins, right? We had no respect for the Marlins. <laughs> right. It, it, uh, they had won the one title before that in '98. Or ninety seven. Oh like that. well, yeah, but that was the uh, oh god, Levon Hernandez one, you know, with the <laughs> eight foot wide strike zone. Another infamous uh, scenario with Eric Gregg. God rest old yeah. Eric Gregg. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I that that's a that's a little chef's kiss. Ah. Getting me all hyped up now. <laughs> I, I, I knew that was gonna get you. That man, I've never in my life. And there's some. Uh, other instances of you being done wrong and getting mad that I uh, that I that I was part of and I was I got to see firsthand, but that that wasn't that. that <laughs> you still weren't as mad as you were that night with the Dusty Baker decision. I've never seen you like that, so definitely had to induct that game. Um, and I was uh, so correct the uh, the history that What's I would have crazier is I picked it. I was like, nope, oh, it's that. <laughs> you knew you, you knew what it was. I knew. Um, I um, forgot the history of you. You weren't there for six and seven. You you did not attend Bartman Live. Correct. So I wasn't okay. at the Bartman game or the game seven where they got this huge lead and then blew that too. Yeah. Um, I wasn't there for those. I was I was back home up in Wisconsin. We made the decision we were going to game, you know, 
We're going to game one and two. We actually sold the tickets for game six and seven and got a lot of money for them. Sure. Thank God we did. <laughs> the only thing worse than uh, being there live for heartbreak like that is being there live and knowing you could have got a lot more yeah. money to not be there live for it. Yes. So, so we are uh, into the after show now after that. So, yeah, we, we filled the time, <laughs> as, as we always do. Yeah, you know what? It looks like it's zipping along, but then you hit some you hit some subjects where we can kind of – you hit those last two where we were able to go off on some tangents and, and, uh, rich and fill some time, and we always find a way. Uh, there's always rich history with uh, when you talk about the steroid era and when you talk about uh, all that, that comes uh, in OCS yeah. in 2003. I, I, I just don't know if we've ever gone that long on – you know, the Hall of Fame worthiness of those steroids. I don't even know if we went that long into it when you were inducting the, the Mitchell thing and all that, because that was, I think Conseco was the perfect, perfect jumping off point to that because, you know, he was the, you know, shall we, shall we say, I know it's cool to call everybody one now, but it was the whistleblower, right? Sure. But he was also not just the guy who witnessed it. He was the guy on the inside. He, I mean, he was even saying, hey, I'm the guy who was doing it. I was the guy who was bringing this stuff into the clubhouse. I was like the Pied Piper of the steroid era. That was even the guy uh, shoving the stuff in the guy's asses. Exactly. And, and introducing people to people. You know, he was like, you know, steroid era Walter White. But, but that's the thing, that he's the one – just talking about all the stuff that's happening after he got rich and famous and big from doing of all course. this stuff. Of course. Oh, yeah, even better. <laughs> which is why nobody likes him at all now. Like, the, the, the league doesn't like him, and the, and all the former players don't like him either. Nobody likes oh, him. Oh, yeah. No, he profited on both sides. Yeah. So he, he's seen as a special kind of scumbag. But, like you said, he wasn't wrong. Right. I mean, that that is that is the the end of it and like i said they could they could do all the things to diminish his character and and, and we'll give you all those things yeah. but he's still right he'll admit he's a scumbag i'm sure yeah when, when he's when he's at his most honest vulnerable moment he'll tell you he's he's pretty his much his next book his next book will be called do i'm anything. still right <laughs> uh, i'm still a prostitute that'll do anything for money and i'm still right yeah, that's a that's a that's a solid class. You know, baseball we're still sort of young with, so we can get these varied classes. Like if we look with football, we're digging a little deeper. You know, right? But football just football gives us stuff all the time. Baseball not so, but baseball isn't just giving you automatic Hall of Infamy stuff every year. Like in, in a football season, we'll probably get five of them automatically <laughs> during one season. You know. And it's crazy because there's 17 games of that and 162 of baseball. So you would think there's a lot more opportunities right. for baseball, but they're they're just sort of so, uh, I don't know, not by the numbers, but they're they're everything they do is so regimented, and uh, there's not too many opportunities for someone to break out and do something uh, unusual. So we we but we are still mining the baseball because, like you said, there's still. Uh, we're still in the a bit of, uh, in the infancy of our baseball Hall of Infamy induction, so there's still a lot more that we can cover. I'm whenever you do decide to get around to the uh, to the end of that series, it's going to be uh, explosive. So I'm just waiting for you to tackle that. Of what? Of that Cubs series. 
Oh, uh, 2003? Yeah. There's so much. <laughs> right. I mean, I like how you put the game in because that is probably, you know, I might have to rethink because I don't know how many times. This might be the first time I think we've ever inducted. Well, I inducted the Fog Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. But that wasn't anything to do with the on-the-field <laughs> stuff as much as you couldn't see the game. <laughs> the phenomenon of it all. I mean, yes. nothing better than watching the Fog Bowl on TV. <laughs> you might all right, well we are back on... and we can't see yeah, anything. I didn't have cable, so I might as well just put that thing on Channel 4 and just watch <laughs> the snow. You know? Instead of trying to watch that on Channel 2. Is there any snow channels anymore? Well, you don't have cable anymore, so. But but with these new yes, TVs, I don't that... know. No, because now all I know that comes up is it just comes up with a black screen and it says no right. signal. Right, right. That's you know, a, where that's we grew up, and you just got the snow. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. I was. That's what I was trying to ask. Do your kids even know what that snow channel looks like, or sounds like? Because that that sound. <laughs> no, or the sign off. The you know, the two o'clock in the morning, you get the sign off. Yeah, we were just talking about pattern. that at work. Yeah, we were oh. just talking about the uh, the days when you watch TV until TV goes off. TV yeah. used to go off. I remember being up, and I'm and we're young at this point, so I mean I'm up probably way past the time I should have been up. But you know, that little TV, you, get, you know, little TV, little black and white TV in my room, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, you wake up, you put something on, and you're just watching stuff, and like the weirdest things would be on it these late hours oh, yeah. and then well it's the wheel this is the end of our broadcast day and then you get the little test pattern and the and then so <laughs> and sometimes they'd play the star spangled banner for some yeah. for some unknown reason oh, and right. then and that's it and then i can You're also done. remember being up early before and then you get up for sign on oh yeah sure so it's sort of the other side. Oh, I woke up at you know before six o'clock you know, or something happened. You put the TV out. There's nothing on TV now. A couple channels might have something on, but then there'd be those channels that didn't because there was just nothing on. We did not have the twenty-four hour cycle um, no, we like we have now. You know, or where ESPN would just show the same replay as Sports Center all night. Oh yeah. <laughs> over and oh, hey, tell me you never just sat there and watched them all. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure, you got nothing else to do. It happened. Sure did. Uh, back in the day. You know, I've so, yeah. been watching uh, a, a series on the uh, History Channel about uh, the history of food. And, like, all of those stories are fascinating to me because they a lot of them go back to back when, you know, you only had uh, three channels uh, in the 50s and stuff you know, before we were born. Uh, you only had so many networks that you could even, you know, get on TV to advertise to. But what that meant was when you did get one of those networks and advertise, now you're talking about 70 million eyeballs are on your yeah. product because there's not, you know, a hundred cable channels or 200 to, to choose from. There's only three networks. Right. So, you know, you make that decision to, to advertise on this show and no one can, uh, can ignore you. And it's just automatic. Now your name is in the, in the zeitgeist, in the national conversation, because you advertise on this show that, all these people were watching. So that was, that was like the, the, the way to do it. Like if you have no uh, track, as far as no one knows who you are, you have no 
name van, name brand value at all. Just get a commercial. Just get a commercial on right. one of those networks, and boom, now everybody knows who you are. No one knew who the hell Burger King was until they started getting commercials on one of those networks, and then that's why they were able to come to compete with McDonald's. So it's, it's yeah. pretty fascinating. Yeah, so I'm looking at my, my, my MLB list for next year. I've already got seven on it. <laughs> it had eight. Now I've got seven. Uh, you know, I look at my football list. This is even funnier because I've got ten, and I have wow. to, all I have to do is pick out five. Oh, you're doing this one, this one, this one. Yeah, I'm just doing five this year. So, pretty pretty sure I've got my my five ready to go. But um, I'm thinking that'll be next week. Are you good next week? I, well, I should be. Well, um, yeah, because I don't know about this uh, training thing. By the way. Um, my instinct was correct that uh, the Sports Info Solutions people did uh, send me the rejection letter for the uh, at-home scouting. They decided I wasn't the right fit for that, but they did finally get back to me a couple weeks, two or three weeks ago and said, yes, I am going to be the on-site scout person for the Memphis Tigers football game. Also, it's just for the Tigers. That's what uh, that's what they hired me for, and then okay. there's a couple of universities within a hundred miles of here that th- if they don't have anyone else to do those games, they may ask if I can make the time to do, and that would be Arkansas State and University of, of Mississippi. They're they're both a hundred miles from from Memphis, um, so I don't know if they have people for for those two gigs yet. Um, and if, you know, all they can do is ask if they you know. If they ask and I can't make it, I can't make it. But the the Tigers games, I'm definitely going to make the time to to be available for all of those. There's only six games uh, that I see on the schedule. Four of them Saturday, one of them is on a Thursday, one of them is on a Friday. And I, I don't, uh, I won't be out of town for any of those. I'm not going out of town until uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So I, I shouldn't have any problems making those. Um, as far as next week, I don't anticipate any problem doing a show at night because. The only thing they're talking about as far as training is Monday, there's going to be a Zoom, but that's at 11 in the morning. Um, and I don't know anything after that. But I don't see how anything they tell me would interfere with me being available for, for a podcast next week. So Okay. So so for, for Memphis, are you traveling with, to their no, no, games? No, no. no the, oh, the you're Memphis just games doing are, all the, the, I'm just talking about the six that are here at the Liberty Bowl, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So I was just looking because I'm like, oh, they're they're on the road that week that we're going to be down there. So, mark no, so I won't, yep, I, I won't be doing any games for for, for so that. I weekend. told my kid when I told my kids that there was a chance that you would be doing that and we wouldn't be able to come. They were sad. Oh, so yeah, so cute. Wait, somebody's. Uh oh, who's down? Oh, that's my wife. Hello. <laughs> you need the cute factor uh, mother. The mother cue factor. Uh, yes. <laughs> Checking the laundry. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, well, um, I don't know if you have a... Oh. <laughs> My wife was in Michigan this last weekend. She said I should tell you that she saw an Iga. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's nice. I'm glad you saw an, an Iga. Yeah, we have to I'm be careful how we say that. <laughs> Not the hard R. It, it was and Iga. Two words. Got it. Understand. Understood. 
uh, <laughs> which is a reference to one of the funniest stories that I've ever oh. told you about my mother. <laughs> little inside joke. Very, very long-running joke, yes. That's a deep cut. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Try, I don't want to get uh, canceled, so that's why I have to put a big space between <laughs> and and uh, that's almost as bad and I know we talked about it in the past I have to be care- very careful to put the space and the enunciation on here was the ESPN commercials for golfnickers.com <laughs> yes <laughs> because if you ever watch go on YouTube and watch it if you watch the Scottish accent version it doesn't come off that way what the hell did he just say? What? I saw that commercial for the first time. I was like, what you say? <laughs> I, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I was offended. <laughs> and then they put the, they keep flashing the name of the thing up. And I'm like, no way. No way. This is, yeah. like, you know, nope, this is ESPN. This wasn't Saturday Night Live. This was, this was real. And the accent was so thick. It was one of the, oh, man. Yeah, like we, 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 we do a Hall of Fame for everything else, like we've talked about <laughs> doing. I got a that's it. That that's like first ballot. <laughs> first first ballot bad decision making. Yeah, really we just bad. decided to just troll all the other sports and thought about like first ballot. You know, man, there's so much. Yes, like, what would even be is. on the first ballot of everything else? You know, uh, like my first ballot would be Mike Tyson. Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, just Mike Tyson. Yeah. Just not, and then my, specific, still, specific and well, I would have in, you know, the who do you think you are? <laughs> I am. That's Ballard, my guy. Right? Pete Weber. Pete Weber at first ballot Hall of Fame. <laughs> who do you think you are? I am. I am. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's That's my guy. Um, oh man, we gotta find that. That 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 deserves to be on the show. <laughs> it does. I don't know when we would play it, but it, it's it's a great spot. It's a great drop. It is. It's one of the uh, best. That's, that's why I mean. It's one of the, it, that's that's first ballot. The the Mike Tyson thing out of six hundred things about Tyson that you could choose, the thing specifically that I was that popped in my you mind. You do a whole show on Mike Tyson. Seriously, that that's a life right there, that guy. Um, but the stage where he was straddling, trying to straddle the line between still being a, a savage beast in a ring and being like a religious saved person, which re, uh, resulted in a post-match interview in which he strung together three sentences that no human in history has ever strung together in a row at the same time and the, the the chef's kiss coup de gras is doing it in his voice, which is so much higher pitched than it should be for someone that, uh, that looks like him. Uh, but the 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 post match interview in which he was talking about his future uh, some future opponent in which he said the following: "I want to rip his heart out. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah." Yeah, he did that. What? Part is, I believe you nailed that verbatim. You you've committed that to memory. Which the only correct response to hearing that is to go. What the hell did he just say? 
Yeah, I, I guess it's stuck. I guess it's stuck in my mind because yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is verbatim exactly the way. I didn't I didn't yeah. do it in his voice, but that's the only thing. That, I want to eat his missing. children is the part everybody remembers. I want to rip his heart out. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Man, that's messed up. Stop. <laughs> so that's my first ballad. Yeah, for for any. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to do someday. Um, to, 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 we had talked about it. With all the other stuff we do, you know, with just like the the time commitment, you know, and especially now with my kids and summer's been just, it's been crazy, you know. There's a lot. They're getting older, so there's a lot more things going on in the summertime now. You know, there's like there's baseball, there's soccer, there's my my, my daughter broke her leg. There's school starting this month. We're on vacation twice this month. Um, huh. Well, nothing that's going to interfere uh, interfere with any of our shows, but that, that's what I mean. It's just constant this month, so. Right. Um, I, I'm pretty much I, I am good um I'm good next week to do my show, which is nice because you just kinda have to sit there like I did tonight and uh do the show, but I'm 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 good to go it's, it's Thursday now and I keep thinking it's Tuesday. This is this is messed up. I'm we're doing a Thursday night show. Um, which we usually don't do, right? During the summer especially. So right. yeah. So not knowing what you have going on, but I, I can I can do mine next week. Yeah, I, I'm good any day uh, next week. I'm just waiting for you to let me know exactly what's that. I think you had mentioned the eighth in my text. Tuesday in a would text. be the day for me because that's my day off. So that gives me there's no rush for me to prepare every because I tend to just put it all together before the show, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting home from work and then trying to rush and scramble. Uh, Wednesday works too. So whichever night between Tuesday or Wednesday works the best for you. Um, I don't work on Tuesdays at all. On Wednesdays, I get home early. Actually, no, not next Wednesday. I'm working all day. So Tuesday would be my day. <laughs> um, and next Wednesday wouldn't have worked for me anyway because that's when we start our bowling back. So. Oh, yeah. Now, Wednesday where I would normally be home early, I, my coworker that I work with is on vacation. So uh-huh. I'm working all day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Tuesday for me, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, because if it's not Tuesday, then it knocks me out all the way till uh, Sunday the 13th. Right. Uh, no, it sounds like Tuesday has been selected for us uh, by our schedules. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's, and that's good because that actually gets me, now that I know it's like, okay, I'm doing this in five days, now I can start really digging deep and turning my notes into thoughts and my my preparation. The uh, five seconds of the Hall of Fame game that I watched, I, you missed uh, you missed Zach Wilson sliding around and slipping out there, and you uh, missed some some referee shenanigans and double oh, penalties. Oh well, I mean, and... ref ball, ref ball never. But never already, it's, it's the Hall of Fame game. Dude. Yes. Right? How are you guys? It's calling preseason that? for the refs. Oh my God! They're, they're How many times was it? Did you have a drinking game of that? Oh yeah, take a drink every time the. You hear the 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 phrases the refs are, are in spring training too or the umps are in spring training yeah. and yeah that doesn't stop <laughs> just, you know we're all dying to be like it's preseason for the refs too <laughs> yeah um that's one of the probably the best I never really had this thought and I don't know who said it so I can it's uncredited but somebody was on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> um yeah and somebody had a post and I'll paraphrase it basically said that last year's NFL season was complete dog shit basically 
but it was funny as hell. And I'm like, that is that pretty much encapsulates the season because it was a terrible season of football. Some of the some of it was painful and hard to watch, but there was so much that we could that we mined from a from a hilarity standpoint, a stupidity standpoint out of last season. That 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 was like the perfect recap of that 2022 season it was a terrible season of football, but funny as shit. That's pretty accurate. Um, it, it probably explains why I glommed onto the 49ers and loved on them so much was because it was so difficult to find some quality football in all of that. No, so, I mean, you go back and pull the tape of us last season. And, and I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the, the poor quality of play, the poor quality of officiating. We get gifted uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Jeff Saturday, and we, we, we were gifted those things. Oh, Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Wow. The only, the only, Jeff Saturday was the, probably the only thing that kept Nathaniel Hackett from being the worst regarded coach from last season. I, I was about to say something very similar to that. I don't know exactly yeah. how I was going to put it, but I was <laughs> going to bring up how much of a gift Jeff Saturday was to Nathaniel Hackett because his coaching job was so awful. Sean Payton probably should talk about the terrible coaching job that Jeff Saturday did as well. I mean, since he's, well, he's on not, the roll. I have a feeling if, if that he had been hired as the coach of the Colts, we'd be hearing all oh. about it. <laughs> uh, probably. And this whole drama thing with, with, with Payton and Hackett and Rodgers, first of all, Hackett and Rodgers just need to shut the hell up because Sean Payton He's got the Jose Canseco. He's not wrong. <laughs> so I don't care if he's breaking some code or he's, he's crossing code, some lines, some unwritten rules that coaches don't call each other out. He's 100% correct. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett was a dog shit coach that left that team in ruins, that couldn't play call a game or manage a clock and put his team in terrible positions and had a top of the league defense that quit on him because that <laughs> offense was so bad. And Sean, Sean Payton, good on you. He's he's not just always oh, running cover for his team in case they suck this year. It was that bad. We all saw it. But admittedly, you would say that about anyone who would say terrible things about Nathaniel Hackett because you were shitting on Nathaniel Hackett before he even got fired last year. You, <laughs> I was calling you for were all fired over that. before it was cool. <laughs> And I, remember, and I even give you the Fred McGriff point on that one. <laughs> because my shitting on Nathaniel Hackett got results. It got, got results. Man, I had him fired after week five. And I remember saying, come on, you're being too harsh. It's He just got there. It's just, it's the, it's the his first job. But give him some time. He's going to – no, no, he really was that bad. Yeah. You, you then were I had all him over fired that. in London, but they managed to somehow eke that game out. They won. <laughs> you had that all set up. That they, they were going to leave them over there. They're going to fly home without them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Haggin, your ticket appears we to be canceled. We forgot to tell you, Coach, you got a one-way <laughs> ticket. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're going to have to find your own way back home. But even still, even with all that, even though they let them be there longer than – they still fired a midseason, which I know you were just, like, blown away. Like, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't. To, to admit you were you fucked up that bad? Yeah. To fire and it wasn't like, and, before his first season's over? Right. And he wasn't Urban Meyer or Bobby Petrino or any of that. You know, those types of – well, Bobby Petrino quit on his team. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, I got to put him on my list. Um, <laughs> you know, but he wasn't doing like he wasn't general douchebaggery, you know, where he's getting grinded on by by college coeds and and do, no, he was just bad at coaching and he didn't even make it the first year. That is rare. One of our uh, greatest generals in the army was uh, General Douchebaggery. He's a very, very lovely man. Um, <laughs> That's one of my favorite no, I, words. <laughs> yeah, I that I did not imagine they were going to basically pull an Urban Meyer and tell the guy before his first season was over, "Will you leave? Yeah. We've seen enough. Will you get out of here?" So this is Sean Payton drop. That's why I'm saying this is so manufactured by the media because Sean Payton is right. Well, I don't think it's manufactured by the media so much as it is. It's shocking to hear someone say that because no one ever says that. So, of course, they're going to play up on it and talk about it and report on it because it's yeah, so shocking. And you've got, yeah, especially because it's the, it's New York and it's Rodgers. I, I get it. And Rodgers then steps in it and starts, well, don't you talk about my guy. I'm going to meet you out in the alley or something. I mean, whatever he said, which was really stupid. Um you know, and then hack it like, well, you broke some bro code or something between the coaches, and we all live in glass houses. Dude, you destroyed that franchise. You made them want Vic Fangio back. That's how bad you were. <laughs> uh, I definitely remember uh, Karen Rogers uh, bowing up and trying to be tough guy and talking about Sean Payton needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth, which yeah, of like course he's Will Smith. Reminded me of keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Okay, Whoa. okay, Karen. Okay, big, big, strong guy. What are you gonna do? You gonna beat Sean Payton up? You gonna slap him on the on stage yeah. like you did, like you're at the Oscars or something? Come yeah. on, like he's internet, he's internet tough guy now. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stand up here. You know, that almost sounded like some dude trying to protect his girlfriend. Like, dude, you know, you need to calm down with that a little bit. Oh uh, man. At, at well, least then, it's something. Yeah. Well, then you and I had that back and forth about the Jets. You know, not understanding all the Jets love. And I said something about that. Then some Jets fan responds to me like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, oh, well, now I'm convinced. <laughs> well, that'll do it. That'll change your mind. Like I said, I haven't seen anything yet to convince me that the Jets are going to be anything better than the third-place team in the AFC West. And the guy basically is just like, now nah, you're dumb. I'm like, oh, well, now that you said that. <laughs> uh, I cannot imagine getting into an argument with any sports fan on, on Twitter or X or anything else. No. It's just – no, it was there's just no, you and no I doing that. our usual thing, and then somebody just goes, oh, man, you're an idiot. Oh, great. <laughs> Thanks. That's convincing. Listen, I haven't convincing heard a convincing argument. I, haven't, I have, still have yet to hear a convincing argument better than no you. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, your mama. That's basically what, it got, what I got. I love those. So yeah. Apparently, what I said got somebody so riled up that they had to respond. I, did, I, I accomplished something, I guess. Uh, well, at least we got the uh, the, the king of non sequitur to get us off of any subject and get over. George on. Clooney, you've been reading about all that. You've been seeing that. George Clooney. How, how do we get on this? What what are we doing? <laughs> I'm glad you found that because I did not have that one on my list. <laughs> well, good. I, I'm glad I was able to, to entertain and yeah. bring up something uh, that's very very. Uh, yeah, that's good because you get a little bit of Sutcliffe. Who was now? Who's the other guy in the booth? Because I know Vescursion was in there. Oh, uh, who's the third guy? He kept calling him Mud. Um, I think it was Mark Grant. You remember his reliever, Mark Grant? I think that was uh, barely. Yeah, but that's uh, who that was. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, oh Mudcat Grant. What are you still doing here, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> it really 
that was, you. that was the perfect ending to that. Like, you are starting to really talk out of school, and you need to leave now. Yeah, because just when that interview starts to sound like, okay, it's kind of winding down a little bit, and such just going to kind of fade away, he just goes, Maddie, Maddie, <laughs> Maddie what are you doing here, man? And, and it's just kind of like, okay, where's this going? Man, everybody wants you, man. ESPN, the Cubs, oh, the Dodgers. It's like, oh, we got to end the cut, cut, cut. Yeah. Matt, Matt's trying to talk about some trivia content that was the uh, the the, yeah. the, uh, the name that the, that was supposed to be the answer on the trivia, and so I was like, no, 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 we're not, no. <laughs> we're not going down that road. <laughs> really, what are you still doing? Yeah, that 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 piece is is I, I can't keep the whole three minute uh, the original, no. but I definitely wanted to play it just for the context. It's gold. It, it's gold. Yeah. It's, and, it's and now was, on the air. It is committed yep. to the Hall of Infamy. It can play on an endless loop. It's immortalized in, in this podcast, so it's, it's not It'll going to be right anywhere. there with Lee Elia oh. and, uh, oh, God, Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver, that's right. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Coach's Quarter, whatever the hell that right. was called. Definitely couldn't do that uh, today. <laughs> In, in 2023. No way. Uh, no. Even if that was done as a bit, you could not get away with that today. Nope. Could, couldn't do it as a bit. <laughs> if you, well, if you do it as a bit, you can't release it. You can't do it publicly. I'm sure you right. can do something like talking about that friends. lady needs to go and get herself laid. Right. Right. No. Can't, 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 ever, <laughs> can't ever have that released to the public. Uh, ever. But it's classic. Absolutely, it's 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 tasteless and and would definitely get and you fired today. But it's still very funny. Yeah, and even the stupid shit that did get people fired, uh, like our boy Tommy. <laughs> oh, Tom. So we, we oh, so yeah, Tom. even 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 though we haven't uh, been at it for so long on baseball, we we've got some quality. We've got quality in this MLB Hall of Infamy. I'm glad we do it. Absolutely, and we're still kind of just getting started. There's so oh, much more we can. Oh, the Browns won, if you care. Uh, oh, goody! Uh, I thought the Jets were leading by a lot. Okay, well, it's preseason. <laughs> Some people lost money on that, I'm sure, because I think the Jets were favored. You know, whatever. I could not believe it because I listen. I have my rotation of podcasts, and all of a sudden today, I get a alert that I have a, a football fantasy podcast to listen to. I'm like, oh, okay, what's this one? It was no joke. The DFS breakdown of this game. <laughs> like, I How could go you... on DraftKings and I could have put <laughs> money on this game and taken a lineup of a preseason game, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I miss my football DFS, but that is a level of degeneracy that even uh, no. How does anyone know who's playing? Yeah, like you, you can minus. guess that the, the Jets were the Jets did not cover because they were favorites, and right. it was an over. If you're interested tonight, okay. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen an over under of thirty three and a half. <laughs> Tells you what they thought about these two teams. Um, it went way <laughs> over at thirty seven, but I, I'm like, wait, I'm not. No, I'm, first of all, I'm not wasting an hour listening to a, a breakdown. <laughs> of a pre- you, you have no idea. I don't want to hear about Not a oh yeah, I like that Kellen Mond tonight. <laughs> that is uh if I get to that 
had me committed. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you, you, of course, are texting me about that White Sox collapse, the one that actually turned the Cubs from sellers into buyers. I, it's now uh, gone down that seven to two White Sox collapse against the Cubs where they blew the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, you had money on it. Why do you think they blew it? Because I had money on the White Sox. <laughs> the Cubs won Dude. again tonight. I don't know what the hell's gotten into them. They can't stop hitting. That, uh, that... Well, they only scored five tonight. <laughs> oh, well, they're they're falling way, all the way off now. Way down. Um, after that, the 36 runs in two games was the most since 1890-whatever. Take that, Shohei. Man, that's a long time ago. 1990-something? That's, uh, wait, what? No, no, 1990-something. Oh. Oh, damn. Wow. Yeah, 36 runs in two games. That's I saw I saw it was the like the most runs scored over a two-game stretch since 1897. Uh, so, so you're saying they were kind of hot? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who that was. You know, peg, leg, Lou, something. I don't know who was on that team. Those guys had the uh, best nicknames. Come on. One-Eyed Williams and... Uh, Three-Finger Mordecai. <laughs> Spanky that was a McLaughlin. real guy, by the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mordecai Three-Finger Brown. That's right. That's right. Oh man! All right. Um, so unless you have anything else, I think we're we're done for the evening. No, I am. Uh, I'm talked out. My throat is so sore for some reason today. I don't know if it's just my allergies or something, but I was at work today. I was just talking to people all day, and man, I just had the scratchiest throat. So I'm glad I held up for the show. Uh, you got to rest it up because you weren't even talking for most of this one. The next week is is on you. So. Well, no, next ready. week is just I throw stuff out there and, you know, I let you react. Oh. So, well, it was a good show. It was a great class. Uh, what was, what, 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 let's recap this here. So we got, what we get tonight? Uh, we got Tom Amansky, the, the greatest baseball <laughs> skills guru uh, of all time. That's right. Gets results. Right. We got old Steve Howe and his uh, seven or eight uh, second chances. Uh, in the Lee Elia wing of quotes, we get drunk Rick Sutcliffe. George Clooney. Maddie. Uh, we get the uh, incredible Jose Canseco, who roided it up and got himself as strong and big as he could. And then when it all went away, said, yeah, let me tell you about all these people that were roiding up with me. Man, come on. Uh, that's like WWE. That's like the heel turn right there. Oh, my God. He's a third man. How can he tell about all these people? <laughs> he just rips off the mask where it was obviously him the whole time but then nobody knows and, oh, it was Jose Canseco the whole time it was me all along Austin <laughs> um, and we got the uh, infamous uh, 2003 NLCS game one that we that we both witnessed live yeah. and well, I've never seen you angry uh, thank god I thank god that didn't happen now my heart was dead <laughs> Thank God, oh I was goodness. just a ripe old 27 when that happened instead. 20 years ago, coming up on the 20-year anniversary of uh, wow, the incredible... Wow, that's wild to think about that. You know, it all is forgiven now, right? Sure, because they got that ring. Bartman came out of hiding. You know, every, all, all, all forgiven. All, all flowers and, and rainbows and balloons. That's right. Oh. Uh, 
That's what winning does. It cures all ails. It does. It really does. So, oh, there's a that's a that's a solid that's a solid class. Now, I will say, little light on the murder. I only had one dead guy, right? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it was he didn't get murdered. He yeah, killed himself, but yeah. I mean, it's baseball. Wait till it's next not... week. Murder will be back in fashion. That's what I'm saying. It's football. There's so many more killers in football. It's not, you know, baseball doesn't have a whole lot of killers. <laughs> if you want murder and, and rape and pillaging, folks, you have to wait for the football. Uh, be back. Hall come of back Tuesday There's night. A... We'll have That's it right. for you. Don't worry. There's a lot, a lot more of that. All right, so that's uh, what we're looking at is next Tuesday, the 8th of August for the football NFL Hall of Infamy class of 2023 that will be done by Jay. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's always a, a good time when Jay is, is doing the inducting. He always comes with some stuff that I just never see coming. That's uh, he, He's definitely unpredictable in that, in that respect. So Thank you. I'll uh, be looking forward to that. All right, uh, is that about it? I am done. Okay. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur, the uh, off-season version of In Much Less Detail of the podcast. This has been the MLB Hall of Infamy class of 2023 induction. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And come back next Tuesday. If you like that, you get even more. Tuesday night, August the 8th, football Hall of Infamy induction. And we will talk to you then. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.